Yeah, and, and I it, don't really think I ever doubted you, to be honest. Yeah, well, thank you. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 322. Budapest has Europe's second oldest underground metro, trailing only the London Tube. But it's way cuter and smells a lot better. Over the last eight years, we have been on a lot of journeys. We've been on some crazy travel journeys, like taking camels into the middle of the desert in India. We've also been on a crazy journey towards location independence and building a lifestyle that allows us to be location independent. We're going to talk all about that journey in today's episode. But no matter what journey we've been on, we have always traveled with Tortuga backpacks. Those are the ones that have kept all our equipment safe, so we've been able to work travel and live anywhere in the world with this location-dependent lifestyle. So if you're looking for the best travel backpack and honestly, the best backpack for people who also want to be location-independent, check out tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that'll get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Shara Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is weathering the storm of an infant's jet lag with varying degrees of success. My wife, my constant travel companion, someone who just said to me, I really wish we had some chocolate. Heather. <laughs> well, chocolate makes everything better. Even a seven-month-old baby who doesn't want to sleep through the night because uh, he wants to party because he's in the party district of Budapest and people are out at all hours of the night screaming outside our window and, you know, FOMO. FOMO. The kid does not <laughs> want to sleep. We are going in today's episode to be giving you a look at our life and our journey towards location independence. But before we go all the way back... We should just give you a look into our life over the last couple of days. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be sitting there thinking like, wait, why does the audio quality not sound as good? Um, why is it not coming out on the normal day it comes out on? All of those are very, very good questions, which can be explained with a few, few simple answers. Well, number one, the first thing is we probably should have recorded this before we even left on the trip. But since we didn't and we brought our podcasting equipment, we're like, fine, we'll just find time to do it while we're in Budapest. Like, we always do this on the road. Well, easier said than done with a baby because we've never had to record a podcast on a location with a baby. Right. So we are location independent, but right now we are dependent dependent (laughs) with the little guy and we have tried to record this podcast for the past three days so much so that i've been carrying my backpack around with the podcasting equipment in it saying whenever he goes to sleep whenever he naps we're just going to bust out this podcast we we made notes we're going to record it 
And um, that has never happened. He has fallen asleep when we've been pushing him in strollers. We got to a park today, or we were going to record it in the city park in Budapest today. But by the time we got there, he had woken up. We've tried to record it at night, but because he doesn't understand jet lag or time zones, he's been up at basically all hours of the night. And Nothing then, is consistent, essentially. Nothing is consistent. And so this isn't a podcast about successfully traveling with a seven-month-old, fortunately, because, because we're we are, still learning. We are still learning that. And the last bit of the puzzle was we finally sat down tonight, three nights later, at 10 p.m. to record the podcast, and the one microphone was broken. So that's why you guys are listening to it. You might be able to hear Budapest nightlife in the background. We've got our windows open if you can. That's that's why we're recording on these external mics. So all that is to say is we're going to teach you about or tell you about our location independent journey. And the last couple of days encapsulates that in that it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be linear. It's not always going to work the way that you want it to work. But all that being said, when push comes to shove, it's a pretty awesome lifestyle because, Heth, here we are sitting here in Budapest. We are not in Philadelphia. No, it's amazing. I mean, it's still awesome no matter what because, you know, sometimes wit might throw us for a loop with waking up all hours of the night, but we've still been able to go out and enjoy this gorgeous city every single day. We've managed to do something pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, so, just five hours ago, six hours ago, we were at this Szczesny, sh- 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 <laughs> it's going to be very hard to do our Budapest destination yeah. diary, Szczesny, um, baths, baths, the thermal baths. We've been to some amazing restaurants. So this last couple of days is a microcosm of our location independent journey as a whole. And we wanted to give you the whole story, kind of look back at our location independent journey, talk about a few kind of big breaking points um, and talk about them and, and the lessons we learned from that because we have the Paradise Pack coming out. If you guys are listening live, the Paradise Pack will be coming out on Tuesday, May 29th, okay, at 8 a.m. So it's May 29th, 8 a.m. It goes until Monday, June 4th, seven days only. And that is the bundle sale that we do to give you all the world's best products about how you can become location independent as well. So if you're interested in that, that's something you want to make sure you get your hands on extrapackofpeanuts.com slash paradise, or you can go to theparadisepack.com. So we wanted to talk about location independence. We're wrapping up location independent month here at the EPOP podcast. And we realized that We've told a lot of stories in the podcast, Heth, but never probably from beginning to end. And I guess end would be tonight. Yeah, it's not like our journey's ending. But we've never told the whole story of how we got to where we were and the the highs and lows and everything in between. So that's what we want to do today. I want it to be very logical. I want it to be very systematic. I wanted to write it all out. Heather said, no. We could write a little okay. bit out, First but of all, let's just I go for it. I didn't say no. I just wanted to do a different approach, and that comes with working with, I think, probably your significant other. You don't always see eye to eye. Trav really wanted to be like, okay, what's the story? What's the point? Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, well, let's just talk about our story and what we learned from it. Sounds easy enough to me. Yeah, so, so we are letting it all hang out here. This is a completely behind-the-scenes <laughs> look here. We're giving you everything. But let's start with i i guess the journey really begins you reminded me i was like oh our journey really begins here and you actually like wait trav what about all this other stuff before so you kind of give us the the a brief history of the 
craziness that ensued well, when we first met. And you always like to start the story with the vacuum cleaner story. And I, it is a good story. And it happened, I guess, in our mid-20s when essentially you went to graduate school to get yep. your master's in sports management. Hello, not even doing that. But that's cool. You know, you went, you did it for a year. When you came back, you decided to start selling vacuum cleaners. Yes. That that is to me where the journey begins. But you said there was much <laughs> But that was when you were maybe twenty six, okay? Yes. Twenty six or twenty seven. Rewind back to like when I first met you when we were in college and we first started dating. This guy had about 10 ideas in the course of the first year we were dating to to start his own business. I mean, maybe not to do this for the rest of your life, but you were like, okay, I'm going to start like a poker club in the basement. I'm going to do this online Google rating system. I'm going to hire a VA to do this. Like all these things that you, you you actually reminded me of a bunch of schemes that i had forgotten <laughs> yeah, about schemes exactly but interestingly enough none of them really took and that's why I, you know the journey i people always say oh i was born an entrepreneur this and that and i never considered myself born that way at all because i didn't sell lemonade as a kid i wasn't out mowing lawns or anything like that i didn't even get my first job until i was 16 or 17 i was kind of lazy um as it was but to me, but there were all these things, but the interesting part of that, none of those really took off. I had these ideas, but none of it really took off. So I can't say, oh, I was 18, I sold a business and that kicked no, it off. No, but you were always scheming from the moment I first met you. Yeah. Not in like a sleazy way, but just always creating I just have a, ideas. Yeah, that never ended up coming <laughs> to fruition. But this, the I like to say that that kind of the location independent journey started with me selling vacuum cleaners door to door. And if that if you can't get any lower than that, really, and by low I mean like <laughs> that's not something that people usually aspire to. No, but and it's not very location independent because it you isn't. It have it, to go door to door and have a physical product. That's Wait. true. So looking at it, but and, and this all happened before we even knew what location independence and digital nomad was or anything yeah, like that. We're talking about like nine years ago. Yes. And so, but the reason it starts there was for me, I had come back from doing a master's degree and I knew I didn't want to be a teacher and that's what I had done previously to that. So I found this opportunity, you know, on Craigslist and of course <laughs> it sounds all good and then it ends up being selling vacuum cleaners. And there was like seven people who started out and it was a three-day training. And I was the only one who actually stuck it out for the whole training, mostly because people were probably like, this is dumb. But for me, I just saw an opportunity to do something different, to be my own boss, to make my own money. You know, obviously, I wasn't super passionate about vacuum cleaners, but I was passionate about this idea that wasn't even really formed in my mind exactly. It was just that, oh my gosh, if people were doing this successfully they don't have a quote-unquote real job, right? They get to make their own hours. They get to make their own appointments. They get to do all that. That elusive and, freedom that everybody wants. Right. And so that's where it started for me. And, that, and I made a few sales and then I stopped. Um, you talk about, you know, during that time period, you thought it was crazy that I was going to take this on. Well, I didn't think it was crazy because as you all know, Trav is very passionate and he gets very excited. So if he's into something, he can get lots of people into it. That's just the way your energy is. So it's not that I thought it was a bad idea. It's that then you were like, I'm going to do this instead of like this more stable teaching yeah, position this, right. when you also needed healthcare because you needed to get your knee fixed, blah, 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 blah. So I was encouraging of the idea 
doing your own thing, but I also wanted the practical side of like health, getting your knee fixed. You know, we were about to get married. Having a, st- a stable income. Yeah. Yes. So Heather actually talked me into taking a teaching job for half a year instead of uh, instead of selling vacuum cleaners full time, and <laughs> and probably a good decision. Um, but it was this. I did sense that freedom, and so for me, that was step one in this journey. Without ever knowing it, was that all right? Here's an opportunity. I didn't like love the product or anything like that, but it was an opportunity that had arisen that I I got to see a little taste of the other side outside of your typical corporate or whatever regular job. Nine to five job. Right. And so we did that and that was the first step. And then I think the second big step for us was moving to Japan. Absolutely. We both had always loved traveling and we didn't do a lot of traveling together for whatever reason. I I don't really know why, but we saw Japan moving there as an opportunity to explore more places on that side of the world. And it's not that we loved Japan. Well, and to be honest, I knew nothing about Asia when we moved there. And I actually had a very hard time like knowing if Tokyo or Beijing, (laughs) this sounds crazy to me now, but I used to say to Heather, I'm like, wait, which one's in China? Which one's in Japan? That's how little I knew about that area. Now, to be fair, I do mix cities up a lot. I keep calling the Budapest Istanbul, Istanbul like for some reason. Times you've done it, but moving to Japan and choosing that as a career path for both of us because we had teaching experience and we thought this is great. It's a pretty lucrative teaching position. It's very, you know, it was an easy first step because that um, program that we did in Japan is pretty world renowned to be like you know very good program stable very stable program it's been Pays implemented decent. for a long time so we're like okay this isn't that big of a step because sometimes people go to a lot of other countries and they teach and they're like the school ends and right like, they go to some tiny school yeah. in the middle of nowhere and then they don't get paid for months so and- it was a pretty easy step even though it sounds like a huge step and it was pretty amazing because we get to japan we teach but every time we have any break we just hit the road i mean we saw a lot of Japan, not all of Japan, but we saw a lot of Japan. We went to Southeast Asia. We went to Australia. We hit up as much as we could in those two years. Yeah, and I think for us, this goes back to the point, the vacuum cleaners and the teaching is kind of the lesson that we get from them is neither of those were things that we wanted to do full time. They weren't perfect steps. We didn't say, and again, we didn't know the term location independent at this point, but we we knew that those things were not going to be the things we were going to do forever. And of course, vacuum cleaners only last like a month and a half. Japan lasted <laughs> two years. But even moving to Japan, both you and I said, this is going to be one or two years and it yeah. ended up being two years. But we knew that it was moving us in the right direction, even if we didn't know what that direction was. Absolutely. We said, okay, we don't love teaching English. Maybe when we first left to go to Japan, Japan wasn't our first choice. Both of us like were like, oh, you know, typical like Spain, Italy, Czech Republic, like that would be cool. But we knew it was better than staying in Philadelphia, just doing the status quo. And so I think that's the lesson that people can learn is like taking that step. Like we prioritized traveling and saying we want to do that, even though the job wasn't perfect. Let's go do that. And I think that's 
the lesson that people can take. It's like absolutely just take that first step. Take it's that not going to be step, the, no matter what it is, especially in this whole social media world and having everything perfect before it's you know in order to start. Well, that's not really the way it works. I mean, maybe it works that way for some people, but I think for the majority of people, it's never you know a straight path there's always these variations and kind of goes and and is in flux before you kind of get it yeah and again you don't know we didn't know where this would lead we did i never in my wildest dreams did i think hey we're gonna move to japan then i'm a year and a half in i'm gonna start a blog and then i'm gonna learn about online business and then that's gonna become our business and then we're gonna start a podcast and then we're gonna start (laughs) location indie then we're gonna have the paradise pack like obviously we didn't even know any of that existed so it's you can't I guess the first step you take can't be shooting for your end goal because you don't even know what your end goal is. So if there's an opportunity that arises like teaching in Japan, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool, but it's not exactly what I want to do. If it's better than where you're at or at least more fun or you think might open up doors to you or just be a better experience, go and do that. And that's where the vacuum cleaners they gave me that first taste of freedom it was something different japan was an even bigger step obviously and a longer step for us but that's what we did then and that was kind of our second step into this location independent lifestyle even though we didn't know the term at that point absolutely but then when we're in japan and you've started extra pack of peanuts and we're getting ready to leave japan it's like what are we gonna do now that was kind of like this weird stage where it's like well trav started the blog and it's kind of working at that point (laughs) right kind of right (laughs) kind of working so we actually you know before we moved home we traveled for a whole month which was really fun because we had nothing hanging over our heads yeah we had no jobs that we had to come back to right away it was kind of like this fun trip where it was like this is this, we want this to be our life now. This is really awesome. We don't want to have to go back to a teaching job. We don't want to have to, you know, we want that freedom. So when we moved home after that month of travel, we were like, okay, we're going to live with Trav's parents yep. and we're going to make a go of this. Yeah. And so I had said, if we back it up a tiny bit, when I started Extra Pack of Peanuts in January of 2012, I knew we were leaving Japan August 2012 and I set a goal of making three thousand dollars a month i said if i can make three thousand dollars a month off extra pack of peanuts when we move home in september you know after our month of august of traveling when we move home in september i can officially do extra pack of peanuts full time now i had no idea how i was going to make money i didn't know anything about online marketing i certainly learned a lot in those six months but i did set a goal and so that was like a mini step of like okay well you give yourself the freedom to then do that i uh Got kind of close to $3,000 a month, fudged the numbers a little bit in my own head. <laughs> um, but, you know, right before we left, I think I made like $2,000 in a month. And that was the first any money I had made at all. It's not like I was consistently making 2000 even. It was like zero, 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 seven hundred, two thousand. I'm like, okay, I can do it full time. <laughs> so we moved home. But this third stage then, this third real stage was a stage of making sacrifices for sure. Because we said, we're going to move home. And we could get regular jobs and we could have regular salaries and we could get an apartment and do all that. Or we could really try to give us a go, but we're going to have to cut costs. And that means being married and being 26, 
27, oh, no. 28. We turned 30. Oh, yeah. I turned yeah. 30. We turned 30. Okay, so we were 29. Yes. was spent living with Trav's parents, whom we both love dearly. <laughs> but that kind of feels like a step back a little bit when you're 30 and you're like, okay, I'm going to live with my parents. But we had this goal and we were making sacrifices and... You know, we were not living off very much money. We weren't no, we going were, out to no. eat a ton. We weren't splurging. If we did take a trip, which we were still trying to travel, we were not staying at super luxurious places. Not that we do that now, but we do it a lot more than we did then. You know, I wasn't shopping at all. So she says. <laughs> My memory is not the best. So she gets to claim whatever she wants, but barely shopping. Yeah, I do barely probably shopping. Barely shopping. But and we are making sacrifices. And this this stage is going to be different for all types of people. Like Absolutely. there's going to be plenty of people out there. And and for example, when most people come to us and ask us about becoming location dependent and should I quit my job right away or or should I build this up as a side hustle? Ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, I'm like, do not quit your job if, you, as long as you can stand it. Build up your side hustle first, so that you can kind of, not that you're not going to make sacrifices, but this stage isn't as crazy for you because you've spent some time either saving money up, which we hadn't done really in Japan because we blew it all on traveling, or you're building up a side hustle as you're working, so you're getting that to a, a sustainable level before you quit. For us, it was a little different. Well, and to be fair, you did think it was a little bit a sustainable side hustle because you had been making money. Right. And 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 there's going to be ups and downs, and we won't get into the huge down in depth, but essentially on my 30th birthday, we moved home in September of 2012. And we then we started, made, like we made 3000 a month, and we made 4000 a month. So I saw some growth, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is good. I, I, and I feel like one month we even made like 6000 December 20. 2012, we had made $6,000. And I remember thinking like, finally, this is all paying off. Like, that's a pretty decent salary for me. That's like what I would probably make teaching or maybe even a little more. And then on my 30th birthday, uh, we got a letter from Chase Credit Cards. That's how we're making most of our money. We were recommending their top credit cards. We're getting paid a little bit. And people were liking that. But we had some squabbles with them. Long story short, they wanted us to promote cards that weren't as good. And I said no. And we've been going back and forth. And they said on my birthday, January 3rd, 2013. They knew it was his birthday. They were like, okay, we're not paying you anymore. So just like that. 98% 98% of our income of that 6000 we had made in the, the year before or the month, the before, month before went to zero. And so our sacrifice stage all of a sudden grew much longer. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. And, you know, being a couple and going through this, you know, we struggled a lot with this. It was not you know, We were living at my parents <laughs> and I was working maybe... At, you know, at that point, maybe 60 hours a week trying to build the blog and starting the podcast and making on a good month then after that came to zero, basically, after D-Day on my birthday, a good month after that was making $2,000 a month. So we were at a point where we were like, what is going on? Yeah. We're working harder than than most other people are. We're making way less. Mm-hmm. We're at my parents. Mm-hmm. And this was the the big time making sacrifice stage which I think then kind of led into this fourth stage of like patience slash giving up because not giving up, not giving up, right? Like, and there were certainly points that's not to say, Oh, we were so steadfast and we're like, no, this is going to work no matter what I was on. I don't remember. What's that job site? Monster. Is that the job site? Yeah. Monster.com looking for travel jobs 
every second day because I'm like, I can't do this. This is not working. So it there was, was challenging, but I knew that Trav could do it because, you know, of his scheming hustle personality that <laughs> came out way back My in college. Scheming personality. I don't know. No, you said scheming. So I was just saying that like, you know, you always had these creative ideas. You're very motivated as a person and you just, you wanted it so badly like you wanted this and so did I. I wanted the lifestyle as well, but you were the one like making extra pack of peanuts work at this time, you know, and I'm just like working random you know, part-time jobs because we were still traveling a bit, so it's kind of hard to do anything full-time because then we'd be like, oh, there's a cheap flight to Italy. Right. So we went to Italy for two weeks. and You know, so it was like this We weird- were like trying to lead a location-dependent lifestyle because we were location-independent technically, I guess. Although you had a job, but you were like kind of just picking stuff up. But we weren't making the money to really make it sustainable. Right. And that was a tough period. And it transitioned into that not giving up. And, and there were certainly plenty of times I wanted to give up and times that I'm sure you maybe maybe didn't want me to give up. But you're like, dude, this is is this going anywhere? I mean, I think my self-doubt was much further along and much higher than your doubt in me, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, and I don't really think I ever doubted you, to be honest. Yeah, well, thank you. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. But we led then into kind of this this I guess so that was like the patience not giving up and again these stages are going to be different for everyone sure. like some you're going to hit these and and they don't go away like there's still a not giving up aspect of yeah. what we're doing now these things case in happen point, all the time it's kind of like a recurring rotation <laughs> well case in point this podcast we both were at a point where like let's just not record it's like the universe is conspiring the microphone's broken <laughs> we tried for three days like, let's just do it. Like, let's do it and put it out there because hopefully this helps some people. So there, it's a constant thing. And, and what we're talking about in a broad scheme of over years can also sometimes be distilled down into even just one day or one week. Yes. But that phase, there was a really, really important breaking point for me. And by, by breaking point, I guess I mean a... More like a, a pivot, like a shift. Right. And because what we were doing wasn't working. So monetarily, monetarily, the extra pack of peanuts was growing in our readers. We had started a podcast, people like that. And this was by no means huge amounts of people, but it was enough people that it gave us validation and we knew the idea was good and we knew we liked doing it, but it wasn't rewarding us monetarily because we had no way to really make money off of it. Right. And I remember sitting there and this was now in July of 2013. So a good... Mm -hmm. Eight months after our income went to zero, and then we were scratching by at like 2000 a month. And I was sitting down at the World Domination Summit with uh, a f- uh, now a really good friend of mine. At that point, he, he had become a semi-decent friend, almost like a mentor in a way, now, named Jacob Sokol. And I remember him sitting there to me. He's like, well, it's very simple, Trav. You only have to do one thing. I'm like, well, what? Like, tell me. Yeah. what? <laughs> one thing? I'm doing like 10 things. None of them are working. I have no money. And he was like, yeah, exactly. One thing, figure out how to make more money. And I'm like, well, okay, that seems pretty obvious. But he was like, at that point, I was writing two articles a a week. I was recording one podcast week. He was like, stop doing everything. I'm like, no, no, no. Consistency is the key. Every internet guru has told me. It's true. They say that. Put out. That's not a bad thing. But. 
But if he it's was not like, working. Yeah, he was like, well, okay, don't put out another article. Don't record another podcast until you figure out a way to make money. Because if you cannot keep going at this pace without like burning, you're going to burn yourself out or you're just not going to make money. You're going to have to go get a regular job. So if that's the case, then you're not going to be able to do all the stuff anyway. So figure out to, how to make money with what you're doing right now immediately before you do anything else answer any other email write any other post record any other podcast figure out how you can make money and i thought okay i mean i guess he's right i need money so let's do it and that day i went like the next day i went home from the conference and that's when i launched my frequent fire boot camp i had this idea to do a video course on how people could use their frequent fire miles because i had written a book and people said i want to can you teach me can you show me and i had this idea of a video course for seven eight months and had never done it and i thought well, let me see if people would do this. And I put up a post on Extra Pack of Peanuts and said, here's how much it would be. Who's interested in joining? And I think seven people joined that first day. I, By the way, guys, I had not made the course. <laughs> I hadn't done anything. I just put up we're a thing saying- selling I was, yeah, without knowing without what pre-selling. Without knowing what that is. I said, <laughs> I'm time. just going to see if people want it because why make it if, if people don't want it? Seven people bought it. I think it was- I mean, it was a very scaled down version of what we do now, but I think it was 150 bucks. So I looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, I just made whatever, $1,000. This is great. So then, you know, about 15 people joined that first go around. I made the course in three days. And that was the beginning of a course that to this day, we still sell. Now, obviously we've, we've redone it and reshot it and it's much more robust. But I remember Jacob saying, you have to figure out how to make money. And for me, that was... That was a pivot. That was like, what are we on? Step, I, I wanted to write it all down. So, I would, But step five, right? Phase five was yes. the fact that, that there's going to come times with everything you're doing that you're going to have to make a change. And my change was from writing and creating free content and podcasts to having a paid product so people could support us. And of course, I still did the other things. But my pivot was like, how am I actually going to start thinking like this is a business and how am I going to make money? Yeah. And I remember exactly where we were too. We were at one of those um, out in Portland at one of the McMenamins. And we were sitting at that table and I remember like Jacob was like eating a salad and just like dishing out good advice. I I remember. Yeah. He was sitting against a wall. You and I (laughs) were sitting in chairs watching him, talking to him. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And that that was such an important step for us because sometimes you just need that outside perspective. Like you can sit there and you can like rack your brain as much as you want, but you might not come up with anything. And if, and if you do, you might not think that that's the thing. You know, you might not realize that you've even got a good idea. Like you had that idea to do the, the boot camp. For seven months and you just didn't do it. Why not? Who knows? But then you talk to somebody else who has an outside perspective, maybe, you know, a mentor person or someone in a mastermind. It could be, you know, a friend, but somebody who knows what they're talking about a little bit more. And then all of a sudden you have like this inspiration to make that pivot, to kind of change your, your idea by having someone else just be there to even bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I think that's the major takeaway of that phase is the is the outside perspective. And like you said, Heth, it's great if they are like Jacob was like one year ahead of me in his online business, right? So like 
everything I was doing, he had done a year before, so he could give me that perspective. But even if you don't have one of those people, sometimes it just helps to have anyone. Like if you're sitting there saying, well, that's great, Trav, you had this mentor. Well, I mean, uh, really quickly, I found him because I I found his website somehow, as people find websites, <laughs> right? And I really liked it. And I reached out to him and we just started talking. I didn't like pay him to be a mentor. I didn't bring him on as a mentor. I didn't do any of that. I just helped him get some frequent flyer miles at one point. He really appreciated that. We just started talking and he, you know, and I just resonate with his advice. So, And that's the thing too, you know, if you can't afford to be in a mastermind or you can't afford, you know, to, to hire a coach, a coach or whatever. I mean, that's awesome if you can. And I would highly recommend that because that will only help improve your business. But if and you And especially, can, and when you put money out sometimes, and this that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but sometimes when you put some money up, it forces you to take different actions and that you're essentially paying someone to kick your butt and give you the perspective that you need. Yeah. So, I mean, we recommend that. But if you can't afford that right away, just talk it out with somebody else who's not as close to the project. Definitely. And we've we've even had to do this with the Paradise Pack. Even the last couple of days we were getting ready to launch here, we brought on someone else from a totally outside perspective who actually isn't a digital nomad isn't locate. I mean, he could be location independent, but he's not leading. He's not. He's living in Ohio. And we're like, hey, we want someone with fresh eyes on this to see what we might not be seeing because we've been doing this for so long and and kind of like look at it with the perspective of a newbie. And so we brought him on to, to do just that. So you want someone with fresh eyes and fresh perspective in that phase. And then that might lead you to the, the pivot phase, which for us wasn't a pivot in like we changed our business it was that we just said okay we have to make money like and we're gonna do that and then we and that came with making a product so some pivots might be bigger than others yes and and also you were really adamant about you know we were when we started extra pack of peanuts it was like, okay, well, we can make affiliate sales. A lot of blogs make money on affiliations. But you were adamant about wanting to have your own products that, again, you are really your own boss and you're not reliant on anyone else for anything. And if affiliates work for you, you know, if you have Instagram followings and you get free stuff for all of this all of these like, influencer marketing yeah, and all that. Yeah, I mean, that can work. There's sure. nothing wrong with that. But in our experience, we just wanted to have more control over a situation. Right. Because and that played itself out. We wanted to do that even before my 30th birthday when they cut us to zero. Even before that, Heth, I was always saying like, oh, well, I don't want to be dependent on this. And then yeah. it, it like we learned <laughs> the fire. lesson. Well, we learned that lesson even though we, you know, it just was, it was hammered home to us in a pretty extreme way. But that's what's crazy is that even though I said I wanted to have my own products and I wanted to depend on anyone else, it still then took me eight months to create my own course. So sometimes you're just blind to it if you're too into your own thing. And that outside perspective happens. And then the next phase that kind of comes about, once you once you kind of get that and you get it nailed in and maybe, maybe you take a pivot, maybe you don't. Sometimes people don't. They have an outside perspective and they're and the person like – they don't have to make a major pivot, and that's cool. But then, and this is kind of the phase that we were in the last year, year and a half, is the focus phase. The problem with people who want to become location independent, like myself, and like you even, have, is that a lot of times you have so many ideas, we want to do so many things, that focusing 
on one and actually building that to a level that it that it deserves and that can give you a nice base, that's sometimes the hardest of any phase is stopping all the crazy things that you want to do and stopping doing eight projects at once and trying to focus on one. Yes, this is 100% something that we struggled with and still do struggle I with. Still Trav struggle still with struggles with this. Time. And I have to say, stop, enough is enough. Um, but it, it, is, it is cool that we have essentially five different businesses. It's cool sometimes. <laughs> but it can, be, it can be a lot. So I'm not saying that you should emulate our model exactly by having like a blog, a podcast. You have Location Indie with Jason from Zero to Travel. You do the Paradise Pack. And then we have this Airbnb yeah, and enterprise. We, well, and we also have the Jetto app. And we also – you have the Jetto app. So like I said, actually six, six things. Six things. <laughs> so many I forgot one. Yeah, and if you look at it from an outsider perspective, I definitely think when I talk about focusing and that phase that it do as I say and not as I do because it is even for me and I like a lot of things, it's less focused than someone who was coaching you or someone who was teaching you to build business would tell you to do it. They tell you to start with one, grow it to a certain level, and then either have either get out of it or you know, take your time out, like have other people run it, things like that. Whereas we're still involved heavily in all six of those things that you mentioned. So the focus stage is one that I'm still in. But if I was coaching someone, if I was talking to you guys and you're like, hey, I want to become location independent, this stage is vitally important because so many people, it, it kind of like meshes with that patience and don't give up phase as well. Yes, you might have to pivot. Yes, you might have to change stuff. But so many people want to either move on from something once they have a little bit of success because they get bored, which is silly. But I've I've done this myself where you're just like, oh, yeah, like it's OK, but like let me move on. Or they want to give up on something before they give it a really a fair shake. And there's no cut and dry way to say like, oh, if you put three months in and it doesn't work to do it, everything's Every situation is going to be different. But I think that when you start to feel those, that shiny object syndrome, that, oh, wait, I want to jump to this. I want to jump to this. I want to jump to this. This is where you have to take a, a step back and kind of edit the situation. Take a step back and also, like we mentioned, ask for an outside perspective too. You know, that's going to help you as well. And you've been really good for me with that where you're like, Trav, with EPOP, we got to do this. We got to do this because I'll be flitting over to the news. Next thing, next thing, next thing. And you'll be like, yeah, but let's dial this in more. Let's dial this in more. Let's dial this in more. And it's nice to have someone that gives you that perspective sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that is a really essential point to growing your businesses because or your one business if you only have one, which is probably a good idea. But it is, is important to just really make sure that, you know, once you reach a certain level of success, however relative that is for you as a person, once you reach that level to just kind of like hone in, like you said, focus, but then how are you going to grow it? And that's, I mean, that's something we're still learning for sure. sure. But it's, I think it's important to nurture, you know, that first business that you have to make sure that, you know, you're, you're reaching all of those goals that you kind of started out with. And and you have to kind of then like a shift for us is when we started thinking 
thinking of these things as like an actual business, like making goals for the year, for the quarter, and, and all of those things. I mean, that's kind of in the end what you what you do. Yeah, and I think that comes with focus. You really you 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 get to a point where you're like, okay, I've I've made it to some degree. I this is like a feasible lifestyle for me. Right. I might not be making as much as I want. I might not be doing the exact work I want. I might have these big 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 plans that I want to achieve that I haven't gotten to, but but this is my life now. And I remember actually sitting there, there was a moment where I sat there and was like, okay, like this is what I'm doing right now. Like I am location independent. I am running EPOP. I am running location indie. We have the paradise pack. Like this is this is now what I'm doing. And yes, I have bigger plans. And yes, I want an app. And yes, I want this. And yes, I want that. But I'm this <laughs> those is who are I am. Different like, milestones and different goals. And that's awesome to have those and to work towards those. But yeah, it's also you kind of have to relish in the successes that you have already had. Yeah, and then the the. The last phase, I, and I wouldn't call this like a phase because you don't ever get, you don't really grow out of any of these completely, but especially this one, the focus one, and then the, the last thing that we're talking about here would be the work-life balance. And I throw that in because that's a thing that when you do get to a point where you are, where it is your business and, and this is what you're doing and maybe you're doing it full time, the work-life balance becomes even more important because you're either going to go one of two ways. One, you're going to, and, and it might even change from day to day, but one, you're going to work so much and you're not going to be able to get off the computer. It's going to be like 9 p.m. And you're like, you could just keep working forever, but that's not healthy because you're not going to, you can't do that forever. And you also have other things you want to do. The reason you want to become location independent is to travel and have fun and, you know, spend time with your kids if you have them, with your wife or spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. And so you might go too far that way to say, oh, I'm working too much. And then the flip side can sometimes be you're sitting there every day and you're like, or some days you're like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I'm getting nothing done because there's no one, there's no boss lording over you and and things like that. So you have to, you have to kind of set these things in place to... It sounds weird because when we talk about location dependence and freedom, you... Yeah, you don't think of structure. Right, at all. <laughs> like for me, I'm not very structured and I had to put structure in place. It sounds weird, but in order to be my most successful and have my best freedom lifestyle, I had to put structure in. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. I put structure in. I'm like, okay, I'm not going out to lunch on these days, if anyone asks, okay, I am going to start working around nine and every, you know, it changes. Like here we are in Budapest, we're recording this at 10 PM. Um, because yeah, you can still be flexible. You can still you be can flexible. You can still change, you know, the schedule, but to start with the structure in place, to start with, okay, these are the goals that I want to accomplish this week. I mean, it's just kind of common sense, but you don't think of that in the beginning. You think, okay, I'm just going to do what I want and Go where I yeah. want. And, it was always you know. to me like, oh, I'm going to work when like when it feels like when I'm motivated. And then you find like either <laughs> you don't stop when you should be stopping or you're not like focused and getting it done. So those are kind of, I mean, again, you don't grow out of these phases. We don't mean phases as saying, oh, yeah, then you move on, then you move on, then you move on. Some of it is a little bit linear, but there's a lot of lessons in there that you have to keep reminding yourself of over and over and over again. And those were kind of just the key points that we've had. And the, and the big 
switches in our story. And that last one, as I mentioned, was when I remember sitting there walking down the street. And I don't know why this was, like why it hit me at this moment. But we were in our hometown. I was walking down the street. It was a Tuesday. I looked at my watch. It was like one seventeen p.m. So like <laughs> middle of the day on a Tuesday. I don't even know. I remember where I was walking by, by the distillery in our town. But I have no idea what I was doing down there because there's nothing to do down there. And I just remember thinking, this is my life now. Like, I am location independent. I Because for a lot of years, it was, oh, I'm doing this. But if I have to go back to teaching, at least I can. Right. Like, and that's fine. Like, and that so fear kind of... So when do you of, think that was? Like, what year was it? It was about this time. So two, May. Yeah, it was about two years ago. It was, it was, it you was, think it was only two years ago? Yeah, it was it was after this is our fifth paradise pack. It was actually it was right after our third paradise pack. So it was about it was about a year and a half ago. And we had done well with the third paradise pack. And I just remember thinking like which which gave us a little bit I'm I'm really giving you a lot of details here, but gave us a little bit of a financial buffer finally. Um that I remember thinking like, okay, I don't have to sit there and say if it doesn't work, I'm going back to teaching. Like, I mean, that... that could That's crazy that you think that you became, like, location independent only... In my head. To less than two years ago. Because 2016, I would have... I would have thought... Which was about four years into the journey, maybe. I don't know. I would I mean, have thought even after, like, the first Paradise Pack or, you know, I would have thought, like, three or four years ago. I, I don't know. I mean... The, the thought of, oh, I could go back to teaching or if I need to was got less and less and less because we, it was, you know, we were seeing stuff become a little more consistent. Right. But it was after that third paradise pack where I sat there and thought, okay, if something happened, if everything went to zero for all of our projects, then we still have some money in the bank. And okay. I also remember thinking – Oh my gosh, the people who were in this Paradise Pack were so amazing. Like Benny Lewis, New York Times bestselling author. Like we had like two or three bestselling authors in our Paradise Pack and a bunch of other cool projects. And I remember thinking, I am surrounded by such amazing people that I cannot fail now. Like little projects might fail or might not go as well as I want, but I'm here. Like these are my peers. They're doing it. I'm doing it too. Well, that's awesome. But it's so funny how even... The two of us taking this journey together, I would have thought, in my mind, like we're location independent at least two years before. Well, that. we were location. <laughs> we were location but I independent. Guess you just felt more secure at that point I, in time. We were location independent, but I felt like I had made it. Like it was okay, now. That's fair. This was my life going forward for as long as I wanted it, and now it was like kind of on my terms. Like I had gotten there. And I don't know why we would ever like step back and not be location independent, but I had gotten there. And now I, it was only me who would make the decision to go back. Whereas before that, I, we were, we were doing it and we were leading, leading the lifestyle, but I kept having that you thought. You had that, that nagging kind yeah. of doubt, like what if, what yeah. if, what if. Maybe, maybe we'll have to go back to regular life. And thankfully we haven't. And thankfully other projects have done well. And uh, it continues to grow and grow, but it is an ongoing journey. So, so literally four years in, you felt comfortable. 
Yeah, and for some people, that's going to be way quicker. I would hope so. And, and obviously, Heather was on the same exact <laughs> journey I was, and for her, it was much quicker. So maybe that just means I was less confident or had more doubt. That's fine, but that was like the big. Well, and you do a lot of our finances, so maybe I was thinking. I mean, like, I think with rose-colored glasses, like, oh yeah, this is great, and you're like stressed out. I think naivety can be bliss <laughs> at times. So, um, but there you guys have it. That's kind of a a short version of our location independent journey, and we wanted to highlight some of the main sticking points and and turning points, really, or as you put, I think you put it well, milestones. Because from that came some certain lessons, whether that be that fact that like you have to stick it out sometimes, you are going to have to make sacrifices. Uh, there are times where you need someone to give you outside yeah, you perspective. you need outside perspective. You need that mentor. You need to know when to maybe pivot and change to a new idea and then really focus in on that when it starts working. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things that go on during a location-independent journey. We want to help as many people as possible get on that location-independent journey, at least take those first steps. Or if you're already on it, of course, as you just saw, like it's not something that ever get completed. I don't feel like I'm at the end of my journey. We said end because we're literally coming up to today, right? But it's a journey that continues to this day, and we're always learning new stuff. So if you're on the journey already or you are location independent, we're going to help you continue that and keep leveling up and becoming more comfortable and leading a better life. And if you're someone who isn't there yet and you want to start, that's obviously a great place to be as well. It might not take you four years. It might take you one year. It might take you two. It might take you six months. We've seen people get the Paradise Pack and literally be location independent in three months. We've seen people take a few years. Do you know what the most exciting thing is when somebody buys the Paradise Pack, like Heath? Yeah. And then is in the Paradise Pack. Yes. A few years later. Yes. That's always that, our goal. to me is, and to you as well, I know, because you've mentioned it before. Like, that's amazing. That's super inspiring. And it just, I don't know, it makes you feel Yeah, our, it's great. Really when, when a customer, when someone came in who's not location independent, bought the Paradise Pack, and has done so well that then they create their own businesses, that then they have products that we can put in, it's, it comes full circle. And that's exactly what we want. We met up with a really cool guy named Jamie Atkinson uh, who bought the Paradise Pack last year, was super engaged. And with the Paradise Pack, he left his job three months later. He's been traveling around the world for nine months now. And he's he's in those stages where he's self-sufficient, like the money he's making as a freelance writer is sustaining his travels. He's not in like the super growth phase. And that's totally cool with him. And that's I'm super proud of him because I would have loved to be having my travels be sustained by money I was making sure. uh, location independently um, within five months of, of starting. So it's cool that everyone's at different stages. He's he's just happy with traveling, sustaining that lifestyle. There's obviously people who come in who say, well, I want to be making more because I'm going to be putting away whatever I have family. So it's cool that people come from every Every background, every stripe, you know, it's like everyone has a different story and needs different things. But if you are interested in location independence, don't forget, we talk about the Paradise Pack because it's once a year. It's our huge project. It's the biggest project we run every year and it is a bundle sale of amazing, amazing courses, all designed to help you become location independent. So whether you want to learn about SEO, there's a course in there about that, whether you want to become 
a writer and maybe be published. There's a course in about that. Um, there's my frequent fire bootcamp course because obviously that's going to help you save money on traveling. So this year we have over 20 different courses. You can check it all out. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash paradise or theparadisepack.com. And it only runs from May 29th till June 4th and then it's gone and you can't ever get it again. So if you're interested, make sure you check that out. And if you're listening while the sale is live, go over there. There's a countdown clock on there that tells you exactly how much longer you have to get it. And I am not lying to you in any way. When the clock hits zero, <laughs> you could be my best friend. Stickler. He will not give it to you. It's it's just the way it is. If, if, if the clock's at zero and you tell me, oh my gosh, I somehow missed all the emails and all this stuff about the Paradise Pack, uh, can I please get it? You could give me any excuse under the sun. The answer will always be the same. That is no. So um, check it out. ExtraPackOfPants.com slash Paradise or the Paradise Pack. And uh, let us know. Tweet us. This is kind of like a very personal episode here, you know, where we talked a lot about um, what we went through and all that. Tweet us. Let us know if this was inspiring, if this helps. Let us know what you're struggling with when it comes to location independence. Um, or you can email us as well. We'd love to hear your story and help out in any way we can. Don't forget, if you are listening and you, you love travel, Tortuga Backpacks, you can use the promo code EPOP. That'll get you 10% off your entire order. And you guys really are the best. Thank you for the support as always. Without you, the listeners and the readers, we would never be able to be location. <laughs> I have to say, throwing it way, 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 way back, in that first year to two years before we were, you know, making money, getting emails and meeting up with people who read the blog, that's sometimes really what got us through. Like the people who supported us even, For sure. you know, just by email, it was amazing. It still is amazing. We're still overwhelmed with gratitude. But yeah, even back in the very beginning, that's what was inspiring to us. Yeah. The days when I was on monster.com, like just being like, I can't do this. <laughs> I need to find a job. I have to make this work. I have a wife. I'm living with my parents. And then I get an email in from, from one of you about how great it was or how much you loved this article or we had started the podcast. You know, the episodes were not as good then, I don't think. Um, it was, I'd read it and i think, I can't. I can't you give can't up. You can't give up. So thank you all for the support over the numerous years. Um, you made us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. You've done a lot more than that. You've given us a whole uh, location independent life and we want to help give that back to you so in any way we can please let us know until next time happy free travels I'll show you Paris soon.